0: Hello, everyone. It might be a bank holiday weekend and Sean might have escaped to the Canaries, but we're still here to bring you the last of our previews this week, but certainly not the... uh... Not the least in the West, so we'll start off with the NFC West. Hello, everyone. Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks.
1: Hey, this is Jerry Judy, wide right receiver for the Denver Broncos. And you're listening to the 14 Yard NFL Podcast.
0: Yes, we have come to the final week of our divisional preview pods. It's been a long road, Steve, but we're finally here. It's the end of the preseason. At long last, it's the end of the preseason. We can talk about proper football. How are you today, sir?
1: Oh, it's so good, isn't it? We are almost there. I was just saying to you, fair that I'm getting really, really excited now for the for the regular season to come around. Tomorrow is the last day of August, and then Wednesday is September, and that means football. September is the month of regular season football and we are not far away now. It's a bit weird, it's a bit different this year with the the change in the schedule. So now you've got three pre-season games rather than four. So usually you'd have that last pre-season game and everyone's getting cut. But uh, we are right in the thick of the cuts uh, at the moment. So there's obviously going to be news flying around. So... um, Probably worth mentioning that there's not been too many right now, so we, we won't have too much if you're listening to this on on sort of Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, a lot probably has happened since we've recorded this, but I would imagine that most of the guys we're going to be talking about probably won't be on the wave a wire. I'd imagine.
0: Yes, we'll try and steer well well clear of the bottle, so I think we'll keep that to the beat writers, um, but uh, we do have some some news. But before we get into the news, Steve, Zach Ertz is still an Eagle. He is
1: indeed. And do you know what? I, I am now and, and most of the sort of Philly writers that I listen to and, and, and read their stuff from, I am now of the opinion that he will play for Philadelphia this season. I don't think they're gonna have trade they're gonna trade him because I think it would have happened already, and I think he's just gonna be tight end two on the roster, and I think he's gonna stay and he's he's had a really good camp. He looks, you know, rare go. he's not complaining, so yeah, keep him on the roster, he's an experienced guy. Why would you not?
0: Yeah, well I I reckon you've got two days left to sweat that out. Ricky got yep. two days for that jersey to stay relevant. We will uh, keep you guys in the know. Uh, just going to fly for a few bits of preseason news because a lot's happened in the last week, and I feel like uh, we've we've shied away from the news somewhat the last few weeks. Um, so just going to go through bit by bit as we've we've seen on the ticker. So first of all, Shaq Lawson, as of yesterday, uh, recording this on the Monday. Uh, the edge, the edge tackle has uh, gone to the Jets from the Texans for a sixth rounder. So a Lawson coming in to replace a Lawson in New York. Yeah, just thought that was just just thought that was a a, a nice little bit of uh, coincidence there. But of course, Carl Lawson being out for the season with an Achilles, the Texans have nothing to lose. Might as well gain a draft pick. Probably good business by them. You think?
1: Yeah, I think so. They needed some depth on that uh, on that pass rush. Uh, they also lost um, Vinnie Curry, ex-Eagle. Vinnie Curry was is out for the season with a um, an issue uh, that was, I think, has picked up in his physical. So, um, so he's now out for the season as well. So they really needed some extra depth on that on that pass rush. And Texans, we talked about last week, lose another piece that they just seem to be happy to give up. So, uh, yeah, yeah te- Texans get weaker. The Jets probably. I don't know what they do after losing Carl Lawson. So
0: No, but you can see that the Jets don't want to tank quite as much this time. The Texans seem happy to go in the tank, whereas yeah. New New York feel like they have to give something to their fans this year, at least. And I feel like that that is shown in this trade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next bit of news. Uh, good news for Browns fans, such as myself and others in the AFC North. Not quite as such for the Baltimore Ravens. J.K. Dobbins is out for the season with a ACL tear. Um, obviously, terrible news for for him and the Ravens. But uh, yeah, an, an, more wide receiver issues in Baltimore, of which is of course going to be a massive issue. Uh, And then speaking of offensive talent heading down, uh, we actually had some good news coming out of Indianapolis. Wentz and Nelson were meant to return to training today. Um, However, and here's where it gets bad for Indianapolis. So T.Y. Hilton is having an evaluation on a neck injury. So that could see him out for up to four weeks if the news is bad. Um, Sam Erlinger, who was supposed to be the backup QB, has a sprained ACL that's keeping him away for four weeks, which means that Eason now becomes the backup, confirmed by Reich. And uh, Wentz, who was expecting to start the season, I've just found in my uh, research about five minutes before he went on air, has gone onto the COVID list as a close contact now, this means that he could just be out for five days. He could come back on Monday to start training. But do you want to guess as to how many practices he would have had if he comes back on Monday between joining and the start of the season?
1: Oh, God. It'll be it'll be in single figures, surely.
0: Eight and a half practices. God. Oh. I mean, there, there's no knowing <laughs> the, no the offense coming in, which helps but there's needing to get it on the level that the cults need you to get it at, especially when I mean, there's doubts about you already.
1: This 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 links into what we were talking about a few weeks back. And again, I don't want to bang the drum. We all know uh, our feelings towards the sort of vaccinations and, and COVID and that sort of thing. But if you'd just been vaccinated, you wouldn't have to do all of this. Um, and it wouldn't be such an issue. And, and you look at what's happened in Buffalo with... Um, was it McKenzie and uh, Cole Beasley both got fined yeah. after breaking COVID protocols, not wearing a mask in the in the facility, whilst the NFL were visiting that day to check up on their COVID protocols. That's when they were caught by the NFL themselves in person. They do like one or two visits to each team each offseason, and they happened to be that day. Uh, and what I did see, though, was uh, uh, McKenzie went and got his vaccine. I saw him post on social media, he actually went and got it after yeah. it all happened, so at least the, the, the Cole Beasley herd is thinning, shall we say
0: <laughs> Yeah, something tells me that Cole Beasley's just unfriended him on every social media platform going after that yeah. uh, Such is the Cole Beasley train We will, uh, we will definitely be uh, a passenger on board that train for the whole season, because god that remains so interesting Yeah. Speaking of interesting we don't know every QB one going into the start of the season. But as of this week, we know two. We know Jameis Winston with the New Orleans Saints. And we know Teddy Bridgewater in Denver. Yeah. Now, I get the Jameis Winston. It seemed it seemed the, the most obvious one because I don't want a gadget tight end ever being a franchise quarterback. But the Teddy Bridgewater pick, that just... I I don't know. I felt like the experiment should have ended in Carolina last year, but Denver just doesn't seem to have any faith in Drew Locke. And to be fair, I can see why.
1: Yeah, it must be a shame for Drew Locke because it looked like he was starting to put some sort of green shoots down last season. And he had a couple of good games. He particularly started to have some good chemistry with um, Jerry Judy downfield. Yeah. Um which we'll will obviously touch on in the in the um, AFC West preview later in the week, but um, yeah, that was a bit of a surprise. I, you know, Bridgewater and Locke, there's probably not much between them. You should, you you must think that they're are another team that's going to be looking for a long term answer at the position. Um, it was just a bit of a curveball, but I guess you know maybe Bridgewater's got a bit of a higher ceiling than Locke has. I don't know, um, but I, the Winston the Winston sort of. Um, uh, him being coming qb one doesn't really surprise me from yes. from people i know that have been watching the Saints apparently he's been playing really well um and actually proving you know some people right saying that he's you know he's he's got what it takes to be the the sort of number one guy so you know, best luck to him. I hope he does do well. I hope he does sort of um, rekindle his career because I think he deserves another shot. And, and that Saints talent, uh, roster, as we said, is is talented. And, and if they can keep him upright, you know, if, if Michael Thomas gets back on the field. But one you didn't mention, one you didn't mention is we also found out that, obviously no surprise to anyone, that uh, Trevor Lawrence has been named the Jacksonville starter. Oh,
0: that wasn't news. Come that on. wasn't
1: news. But what happened after that was... Uh, Philadelphia traded for our main man, Gardner Minshew. So Gardner Minshew comes to Philadelphia to probably be the backup to Hurts. He's coming at QB3 probably. And I imagine over the season, once he learns the offense, he'll probably take over from Flacco as QB2. So I'm immediately growing the biggest moustache I can. Immediately. <laughs>
0: Does Gardner Minshew end up trying to take Jalen Hurts down as QB1? That's the question. <laughs> There's going to be questions about that in November, I'm sure, because Minshew Mania follows him wherever he goes.
1: It, do you know He's on a rookie deal. His contract for this year is like $850,000. He's still as on a, a rookie deal. Yeah, he's still got two years left in his rookie deal. and um. Uh, As a backup, uh, absolutely fine with that. I think he's quite a good backup. I'm I'm not saying he's going to start. I don't want him to start. But as a backup, you know, uh, quite happily happily take him. I think it's a good deal for a sixth rounder as well. Do
0: you know what seems obscene though? Minshew seems like the kind of player, I don't know why it is, but I feel like he's been around for a lot longer than he's been around. I was incredibly I shocked to hear you say he's on a rookie yeah, And they're thinking, yeah, yeah seven-year veteran that you've never really yeah. heard of before. Yeah, Just came it's crazy, isn't it? But yeah, so, uh, no. But yes, I did, I did admit that one, but for good reason. And uh, yes, we still don't know who is the QB1 in the two most... Uh, most exciting spots to hear about of which is San Francisco and New England although I if they don't end up going with um, if Cam Newton isn't forced into the QB2 slot then Matt, Matt Jones must be wondering what he's got to do because I think he's had an outstanding preseason um, yeah. and Cam Newton continues to look bang average but then again though I'm not in the facilities day in day out I am just a I'm just a lonely sod in England giving my thoughts on a pod. Anyway, I digress. Let's kick into the NFC West before I dig any further into the news. Because we could be here all night just talking about news. No, we want to preview some damn teams. So I think that you'd agree with me. Steve when I say that the NFC West has got to be one of the most exciting divisions not just currently but for a fair few seasons it's been one of which has been incredibly intriguing and where you know it's really open
1: yeah absolutely I think I think the NFC West is one of the I think probably the only division in football this year where you could make a legitimate argument for every single one of the four teams being able to win the division. Now, I'm not suggesting that, that you know, one of them, you know, all of them have a chance, but I think you could certainly make the argument. They're all, they're four very competitive teams. And they're four teams that are accomplished and have got answers at, at, at skill positions and at key positions. Um, you know, say what you will about certain coaching staffs and certain, you know, quarterbacks and that sort of thing, but I think they've definitely got talent around them on each roster. Um, and you know, LA adding in uh, Matt Stafford makes things very, very interesting. Okay. JJ Watt joins the division in Arizona. Um, you know, and you, you you get the continuation of Russell Wilson in Seattle. And then you get the, the quarterback question in San Francisco with the addition of Trey Lance. So it's a fascinating division. It's the one that I think is always really exciting. I think if you're the, the team that has to go to play the NFC West in your... Um, schedule that's always going to be tough and also as well because it's just so far away you know if you're an east coast team and you're playing in 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 la and and seattle and arizona it's just such a it's such a long trip so yeah that can also impact things as well but yeah a super exciting division um uh, and again, we, we were we were talking just off air there, and I, I completely forgot that the Seahawks won the division last year. I just assumed it was the Rams. I just completely forgot that it was the Seahawks. So um, it just shows you how good it is that you you sort of just forget because there are you know all the, the teams are so loaded.
0: Yep, yeah, that's right. So just to update everyone, well, to recap everyone on how it actually finished last year, because this was a shock to me as well. As I was writing in, I was like, Rams, Seahawks. No, Seahawks won the division twelve and four, and with the number three seed, the Rams went in at number six seed with a ten and six season. The Arizona Cardinals went 500 at 8-8, and and the San Francisco 49ers injury reserve squad finished at 6-10. The Rams then, of course, beat the Seattle Seahawks 30-20 at Lumen Field before themselves losing to the Packers 32 18 at Lambeau. Um, So I'm going to kick off with the Seattle Seahawks, as is customary in our previews to go in position order, um, before we kick off, though, next season's schedules for the NFC West are to play the NFC North, the AFC South, and then the position team in the AFC North for the interconference 17th game. So it's it's not the not the hardest schedule, I'd say, for these teams going into this season when you consider that they're one of the most stacked divisions, that will really help them, I think. Every single one of the teams, it's going to help them, um, just because you could easily see that each of these teams splitting each other in the division, so you're going to need to find a lot of non-division wins in order to get yourself up the uh, up the division, because it could have very easily be the case that you can't actually rack up enough wins to um, get yourself up to the wild card spot, simply because you've beaten each other. But uh, I digress. So Seattle, let's kick off with Seattle Um, 12 and four season, obviously Um, there was a lot of talk about the offense being not as explosive as in previous years, but there's not a lot to say that that was actually true. Um, I mean, they were middle of the road in terms of the passing game that ran 250 yards per game uh, in the air, but they still scored almost 29 points a game. So, you know, there was a really strong offensive game plan in place. Um, it was only because as well of them becoming rather turnover um, prone that they started leaning on the ground game a bit more. But um, Russell Wilson did sort of throw his dummy out the pram towards the end of the year and Brian Schottenheimer paid the price. And it says a lot that Shane Waldron's come in now as the offensive court coordinator as he was the past game coordinator so that I think immediately puts that entire decision on the hot seat Um, but in terms of last season you know 12 and 4 I don't see why everyone's panicking in Seattle you know the 12 and 4 season is incredibly strong yes you lost out to the Rams but realistically Seahawks versus Rams is always a case of you know, either one score games or one team's going to come in hot one game. One team doesn't the next. Um, it was a really good schedule last year. They played the NFC East and the AFC East. The were fancied against a few teams. The, the main noticeable, you know, slipper for the one of which is really glaring when you look at it is that they lost the Giants in week 13, of which I think that any team above 500 would consider a real mistake. So, yes, I can understand panic on that. But realistically, they didn't have any other slip-ups. Yeah, so the offense looks fine. And when you look at it as well, I mean, you look at the skill positions, you know, Carson on the ground, Metcalf and Lockett on the wings. Um, The defense was actually much improved. It's still an average unit, and it's definitely not the Legion of Boom of old, but they'll be able to hold their own. They were, they were actually middle of the pack in terms of points a game. Conceded last year, 23.2. So, again, not so much of an issue. And, you know, they've, they've got great talent in defence as well. LJ Collier and Carlos Dunlap on the D-line. Jamal Adams is obviously their key man in defence in the secondary. Um, there's not a lot in the secondary apart from him, though. Shaquille Griffin's obviously gone now. Um, at linebacker, Bobby Wagner obviously leads that unit, but KJ Wright's absence will be felt. So the defence might suffer a bit. You've got to hope that they do go to the air a bit more in order to make this work, but I reckon that they've got the talent to do so. All in all, there's been a lot of hollering from Seattle fans about you know the state of their team going forward, but I don't see much of a drop-off from last year. I just think that other teams might have improved. Um, schedules slightly more difficult, but not too much. Um, yeah, I still see a promising season for them. I don't know what you think.
1: Yeah, I think with with Seattle, um, they are one of the teams that they've got They've got several guys. It's not they're not just relying on one guy. They've got several sort of key players. Where if they play well, generally the team will win. You know, Russell Wilson obviously as the as the quarterback. If Russ plays well, generally he can drag that team to wins, and he's one of those players um, where he elevates that team. Um, if 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 their team is not playing well, he can um, um, make the team. Play better himself yeah. but you look at wide receivers like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett they're both you know crucial to that game and if if either one of those has a good game you know that they're doing well in the air um uh, losing Cars Hyde, I think is is going to be something that, that might be um a bit of a, a concern for Seattle they've had problems with the ground game for a little while and they've had injuries and I'd say ever since ever since Lynch left they've never quite had the answer running back Um, they're not
0: allowed a ground game anymore <laughs> they, had a, they had a ground game and now they're not allowed one. That's yeah. why they got rid of him.
1: Yeah, and and it's and you know I, I I like Chris Carson. I think he's a good back, but he's not you know he's not pulling up any trees. Um, and I think so long as they can just keep the ball moving and so someone who can pick up those first downs when they need to on on third and short situations, then they they're going to try and um, you know use the air as much as they can. And obviously Wilson with his legs as well is also going to try and extend plays and and. um you know get those crucial first downs but that I think the problem with Seattle and you know uh, you know you could also look at guys like uh, Dwayne Brown as well at left tackle he's such a huge piece of that offense um, but I think the problem with Seattle is if one guy goes down like if they lose like Tyler Lockett for example you know all of a sudden that you know Russell Wilson's weapons diminish and I don't know if if Seattle really can cope with that um, you mentioned the defense. Like, yes, obviously, that you know they've still got some key pieces. Like Jamal Adams is obviously a superstar. Boio Agner's, you know, one of the best linebackers in the league, if not the best. Yeah. Um, you know, so they've got some key pieces there. But again, they've lost some players. You know, I think, um, I think losing Griffin, I think, will actually be a bit of a, a you know, I think that's an under the radar sort of pickup from Jacksonville. And I actually think that they might feel that a bit more than most people are laying on. Um, I'd
0: say so. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I think I think he might be a he might be a bit of a, a loss for them in the secondary. And you know, I think the Seattle team is always going to be there. Obviously, Pete Carroll's a great coach, and they're always going to be in and around the question. And as so long as so long as Russell Wilson is upright. You know that he, you know, they're, they're going to be in the conversation. Um, you know, I think, I think Wilson's one of the top three in the NFC. I think if, you, if you're sort of looking at quarterbacks, he's, he's that good. He has the ability to make plays. He's not just a typical running quarterback. He's, you know, he can yeah. actually throw the ball as well. He has, he has both skill sets and he's proven that time and time again. And I think, you know, I, I think with this, um, Seattle team, I I would pencil them in to probably make the playoffs again. Um, but like you said as well, you mentioned that the, the divisional games this season are going to be so important in this division. And I know we keep we keep sort of saying that about certain divisions, but this one especially, like given how competitive this division is going to be, if you go two and four in your division, you know not where else? Yeah, where else are you going to get the wins from? Now you mentioned Seattle's schedule this year. Just quickly on last year, they went. They went five and zero into their week six bye week. Like that's a perfect start, um, you know. And they, and they, the you know, the teams they beat weren't all like chumps, you know. They beat the Falcons, the Patriots, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, and the Vikings. You know, none of those were like sort of you know basement teams, so to speak. Obviously, the Falcons ended up there, but we discussed how how close some of their games were. So they, you know, they had a perfect record going into the bye, and then they came out of the bye and lost in overtime to the Cardinals, but then rebounded with a win against the 49ers. So if they can keep up the the divisional success and you know i think with this to win the nfc west this year you're going to need to go i'd say probably minimum four and two minimum if you want to win it because someone else will do better if you don't i know that sounds obvious but you know i don't think this what what really intrigues me about the nfc west this year i know i mentioned that any one of the teams could win it is that most of the divisions in football most of them have even got the 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 blowout lights out team that's going to five and one or six no in the division or they've got the basement team that everyone will trample all over i don't think there's one of those in this division i don't think any of the teams are gonna is gonna be that so it's gonna be really interesting to see how it plays out um
0: no, and each team has a bogey team, I think, in the division as well. I think is yeah. it the Seahawks don't like playing the Cardinals, or is it the Rams that don't like playing the Cardinals? It's one or the other. I think that each team has a a particular hold over at least one. So trying to go six and zero in the division is almost impossible. So yeah. I think that if you can go four and two, I, I do think if you can go four and two, then you are primarily in the uh, in the hot seat. I mean, in the uh, driving seat to to yeah. win the division. But if you, if you're not, if you go 2 and 4, be flawless everywhere else. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean you look to Speaking of that, last year the Seattle went 4 and 2 in the division. They they beat the 49ers both times and then they split with the Rams and the and the Cardinals, so they went four and two, and look, they won the division. So it might seem obvious, but this is such a competitive division that if you do lose one game against a divisional rival, that could be enough for them to end, you know, I don't know, twelve and five, whilst you end eleven and six. You know, that type of scenario could definitely happen in this division. I think I see it being that competitive.
0: It's like a European football six-pointer. That's what exactly. we're trying to. That's what we're trying exactly. to bring bring forward. So, you were talking about Russell Wilson being one of the top quarterbacks in the NFC, and I do agree. But I've also got him on the hot seat. I know that sounds controversial, but there was just so like Seattle this off season has all been about Russell Wilson crying. It's it's been about him throwing his dummy out the pram about. Letting him cook, let him have more responsibility, let him have more of a say in how the offense drives. Him being pissed off with how it's gone before, etc., etc. And Pete Carroll has just gone, cool. There you go. Have the keys. Yeah. You drive. Yeah. If he can't drive the car, if they if they don't at least win the division, they're gonna you know hang Russ out to dry over it. it obviously, it won't mean that he'll have to find somewhere else or anything like that but he'll get the blame i think full whack i think it's set it's set up for him to fail in a sense on that um but obviously if it works if it works then he could well be in the mvp race because everything's going to go through him they're going to put so much more in the air and you know it's built either for him to fail massively or to go on an mvp run i feel like there is almost no in between
1: I mean, you look at you look at uh, who paid the price in Seattle last season. You know, the, the offensive coordinator was out the door. Um, I, f- yeah. I forget the guy's name, but he, you know, uh,
0: Brian Schottenheimer.
1: Schottenheimer, that's it. Yeah, so he was out the door, and 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 I wonder if. I wonder if they've brought someone in just to be, you know, like, are they starting to give more control to, to Wilson? Like, you know, like the Patriots did with Brady, like Green Bay tries to do with, uh, Rogers, you know, these yeah. guys that have been the lead for long enough and have been there and done it, you know, R- Wilson's got a ring. Let's not forget. Um, you know, it might have been a while ago, but he's got a ring. It probably should have two, but let's not start that discussion. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, we'll he's... be here all night. Yeah, but they, they, so ha- he... they
0: have done that though. So Shane yeah. Waldron was the passing game coordinator. So they have essentially given, they've given him the keys to the bends. They've just said, "Yeah, go ahead and do it." Then, yeah. So, but but um... like I say, if if he don't do it, then he will be hung out to dry.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out because I, I, you know, there's, it's one thing a player being a great player and actually, you know, putting numbers up on the field. It's a whole other thing giving him the keys to the castle and letting him have more say on, you know, a, a, you know, what players they run, or you know, is, is he going to be choosing more players and not going with what the coach puts in his helmet on the, you know, as the ball's about to be snapped, you know, that type of thing, and, and it does make you wonder if you know maybe there is more of a you know, of some of the better coaches. And I'm not, I'm certainly not suggesting that Pete Carroll's a, a bad coach. He's obviously not, but some of the more experienced coaches like to keep guys on leashes and say, yeah, yeah. Okay. We know you're a good, we know you're a good player. We know you've, you've done it before, but come on, I'm the coach here, you know, let me do my job. And then if you work, you know, in harmony with me, then we can make this work. And again, I'm not suggesting that Russell's trying to, you know, topple the, 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 L Seahawks hierarchy, but it does make you wonder, and if this season is a bust, and, and and to be honest, what is a bust for Seattle this season? Probably anything but divisional winners, yeah. because they won the division last year in a system where Russell obviously isn't pleased with it. So anything but divisional winners, and and, and Seattle have got to be you know disappointed with that. And that's where, that's how high the bar is and how competitive this division is, because if they don't win the division, there could be other teams there and about that will make, mean that Seattle will miss out on the playoffs.
0: Absolutely. Um, As my players to watch, I have to admit, I could have picked I could have picked like nine or 10. I just tried to think of who would be who would benefit most from the change to a passing game to to a passing game. Number one, number two and number three of the four downs. Uh, DK Metcalf. It just makes sense that this would really give him the chance to become the prime wide receiver in the NFL. Um, because my my God, I mean, ever since he burst onto the scene and I think that he burst on the scene for many fans when he, you know, it wasn't even a an offensive piece of brilliance. It was him chasing back a, a pick six um, and going 80, yeah. 90 yards down the field. But ever since then, I feel like he has a lot of potential, a lot of promise, but he's not been able to He's not been able to get to where he should be, and I think that might be just because of the fact that the passing game has been wrestled back slightly. But if there was ever a chance for him to do it, it'll be this year.
1: I I love that um, he actually tried out for the U.S. track team this summer. Oh yes, he actually tried That's out great. for the hundred meters team because he's that quick. Apparently, and he I wasn't
0: just, far just... off. He yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Off. I mean, he's he's lightning fast. I've just, I've just checked the, uh, the game, it was against Buddha Baker, made the interception um, right. and uh, he caught him down and he apparently hit 22.6 miles an hour <laughs> whilst he was running and he was it was a full like 80 yards he went to get to catch him like it was you know end zone to almost end zone to catch him so yeah I I really like DK Metcalf he's also he's also a monster as well he's you know yes. he's not a not a slim guy he's he's built um so he's the guy that's going to win contested catches as well as have that pace and he's like almost the complete receiver. Um, and it, yeah. it's no surprise that Russell wants to get the ball to him more because he can make plays happen with his feet and with his physicality. So um, yeah, I, I love DK Metcalf, and I think he's a uh, you know he's there's certainly more to come from him. Believe it or
0: not. Excellent. Right, let's go to the team that we actually fought won the division but didn't, uh, but ended up getting the far bigger prize of getting knocked out by the Packers in the divisional round, the Los Angeles Rams. Steve, take it away. Tell us your thoughts, your musings. Paint us a word picture.
1: Yeah, so LA is such an interesting one this season because they've obviously made the the trade to get Matt Stafford in the building um, and the Jared Goff era is over um, and he moves on to Detroit. And they also gave up two firsts to get him. And we discussed this from the Detroit angle a few weeks back and I I made it clear that I think Detroit won that trade but yes whilst Detroit won the trade uh, LA is going to benefit from the fact that they've got a much better quarterback in Stafford you know like it's I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Stafford works in a better offensive unit than he had in Detroit because I don't think he ever Quite had a you know uh, he might have done in, in in certain seasons but I don't think he ever quite had the 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 best unit around him and certainly didn't have a offensive mind like Sean McVay. Um so it's going to be really interesting to see how he fares in in a new environment um, you know and, and during those during those years at um, uh, at Detroit Stafford was only selected to the Pro Bowl once so he is a Pro Bowler but only once. Uh, that was in 2014 when the Lions went 11 and five, um, and apart from but apart from a 10 and six season in 2011, um, they've only had two of the winning seasons. So he's been on the back of a lot of a lot of losing seasons. His career record is 74 90 and one. So he's actually got a, a, a losing record in his career.
0: Yeah, and that is what a lot of people are wary about: the fact that he doesn't that, that he doesn't grind out wins where. You know, the team is, as you said earlier, Wilson is the kind of guy that would be able to go into a team and elevate the players around him. Does Stafford elevate the players around him? And I think that there is a good argument to say that he probably doesn't based on... Mm based on previous experience, but there are also people out there that say that QB wins is not a, uh, is not a QB stat. So, yeah. uh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how their offense changes and and evolves with Stafford instead of Goff. And I think that it was reported a lot towards the end of last season that McVeigh just lost faith in Goff and Goff just obviously wasn't the guy in LA anymore. And I sort of get it. Like, you know, they, they have the pieces there to be a challenger and, and, you know, I think I'm quite high on the Rams this year. I, I like Stafford. I don't think he's a top five guy. I don't, I'm not even sure if he's top ten, but he's he's obviously a better quarterback. He's an upgrade on golf. I think we can all agree on that. How much of an upgrade remains to be seen, but I think he's an upgrade on golf. Um, but if you look around their roster, obviously they've got Aaron Donald, the, you know the best pass rusher in the game, and 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 I think was voted in number was it number two or number three on the NFL. number two number two on the NFL, and that was the players' rankings as well. So that's not just that's not pundits as players ranking that, that, players. That's in the that
0: that's quarterback sick to death of seeing his face yeah, as they're about exactly. to reel up a yeah. pass. Yeah.
1: Yes, as yes, as he's about to snap their arm. Um yeah, so he you know, he's obviously a monster and and him just being on the field takes pressure. Because the, the, he will get double teamed all the time, so then that creates gaps for other people, you know, and and they like to play that f- um, three four defense, so they only they only rush three usually, um, because he's so and it, that's incredible yeah, because that he's he so effective. Yeah, exactly, because he's so effective, and then they also have um, uh, Jalen Ramsey in the backfield, who, who's you know who, uh, you know is obviously one of the best corners in the game, um, and and will. You know, we'll we'll uh, we'll look forward to marking people like you know DK Metcalf and DeAndre Hopkins and, and others in uh, you know in divisional games. Um, but I I think and and it might a lot a lot of it might be because of Sean McVay and their offensive sort of coaching and and how he approaches games and his sort of creativity as an offensive coordinate uh, sort of well offensive mind. Um, but I think and. You know, I think we, we would all agree that the in the NFC this year, you've got the Buccaneers and you've got probably the Packers and they're probably the, the two. Most would probably agree in the NFC this year. I think the next best is probably the Rams. I think the Rams are... It's close. that You know, there's a number of teams in, in that bubble, but I think the Rams are probably best I mean, I think you can
0: throw almost anybody in this division into that slot.
1: I mean, let's not forget that the Rams are two years out from being in a Super Bowl. Being in a Super Bowl with... Garrett Goff as well so if if Stafford's better than Goff the roster hasn't changed a huge amount um you know they've still got guys like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. you know uh, reliable wide receivers you know certainly not going to be the, the top of any 100 lists but you know they're certainly reliable wide receivers um the the injury to Cam Akers is obviously you know that's obviously awful and I think um you know picking up uh Michelle regardless of what you think of Sonia Michelle tells you that they're not you know they're not confident in putting everything on Daryl Henderson's shoulders. Um even though I think he's a good back, um, you know, adding some extra depth there is, is important. Um, um, but yeah, I think if they can if if Stafford elevates this team and is as good as people think he can be, which is really interesting to say because obviously he's shown flashes in Detroit of how good a player he is. He's got a good arm. He's an accurate quarterback generally, if he can be that player in Los Angeles and elevate them can that get them their extra two or three wins to then take the division. And, you know, this defense is good. Um, and I think, you know, whilst they have lost a couple of uh, pieces in the, in the secondary, notably to your Browns, um, you know, they, they, they are still a good defense. And whilst Aaron Donald is on the field, they are always going to be pressuring quarterback. And the quarterback is always going to be trying to get the ball out quickly whilst he's there. Um, you know, he had, was it 16 and a half sacks last season? I think he 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 led Something the league, like I believe. That. Yeah, It, it yeah. was high. It was high yeah. and it
0: wasn't going to be surmountable by anybody else. I think it's no. really interesting um, when you mention the defensive me- uh, changeups because the Rams always seem to have... Far more in the secondary than I felt that they ever really needed, because if you have a great pass rush, of which the Rams undeniably do, then you don't need as much in terms of money, cap hit, etc. in the secondary, because you're allowing even you know medium level corners and safeties to be able to take them in, then because they're not able to develop full routes or the only one that's available is the third out or something like that so um yeah I always thought that there was that there was always potential that they would have to get weaker in, in order to just comply with cap really and the, yeah. the best way to do that would be the secondary and just keep their pass for strong
1: and and and, and you look at Jalen Ramsey's contract, for example, um, he's just signed this five year hundred million dollar contract extension, which for a cornerback cool. is obviously obs- obscene amount of money. Um, but his cap hit his cap hit this year um is nine point seven million dollars. Uh, but then next year it goes up to twenty three point two. So it's a massive jump straight away. So on a single you- cornerback. They got a single cornerback exactly. So you look at that and you think like their their win now is very much now. You, you look at their where some of their cap numbers are this year. You know Stafford, Donald, and Ramsey are the three biggest. But Stafford's cap number this year is only twenty million dollars. You know that's certainly not the thirty thirty odd that a lot of quarterbacks are getting paid. Um, so it's, it's it's interesting to see, and it's also going to be interesting to see what they do with him as well because um, his. Uh, his cap number after 2022 is is void so he's only actually there on a two year deal um so he can they can get out of this deal if they want to i believe after this season but he's only on a two year deal so if it doesn't work with stafford are the rams going to be back in a um back in the hunt for a quarterback again and like how many how many years now have the rams not had a first round pick it's unbelievable how many times they've not had a first round pick.
0: the last time they had it i believe was jared goff
1: yeah. Ex- yes, I think it was. Yeah, and that's to trade up to get him as well. So, you know, they don't believe in picking first round talent. Instead, they believe in trading for them and paying them. And that's surely eventually the you know, you know the the cows have got to come home. Surely, yeah. like eventually, you've got to run out of money to do that because you know they've they've amassed now Stafford's on a on a big deal this year. We've just talked about Jalen Ramsey's contract. Obviously, Aaron Donald's on a huge contract. Um, you know, you look at some of their other players um you know tyler higby's number this year is is 7.4 million uh bobby woods 5.8 andrew whitworth 5.6 andrew with andrew not getting any younger so you know they've got some some big numbers and it, it does make you wonder uh how long they can keep doing this before they have to start investing in younger talent
0: yeah um part of me thinks that that's also a it's been an intentional brand exercise as well. Obviously moving back to LA, they've had to, they've had to re-energize the market of which obviously had to say goodbye to the Rams when they moved to St. Louis. So they've had to almost rebuild the market and how do you rebuild a market in the best possible way? You do it by winning and having recognizable talent. So I think that they have definitely been in a win now mentality for, you know, For the next few years, probably you've probably got another two, three years window before they have to start selling people off. And by that time, they should still be in the building and doing fine. And I've reckoned that they will have achieved their branding expectations by that point. So it's there's probably, from an owner perspective, if not a GM perspective, you know there is probably something there in terms of they just trying to make. The Rams look really good because, you know, the Chargers have just started to do that as well. We'll touch upon the Chargers, obviously, later on in the week. But, you know, people are finally starting to watch their games as home fans because they've got something (laughs) to root for and recognise. So, Yeah. yeah, I reckon that that plays quite a bit into it as well.
1: Yeah, and don't forget as well as the Super Bowl this year is in SoFi Stadium. It's at uh, it LA this year round, you know. And Tampa became the first team to ever play a Super Bowl in their own stadium last year. Could the Could the Rams do it this year? Um,
0: yeah, something which my missus likes to continuously tell me is, I told you, didn't I? I told you when they first got it that Tampa would end up winning, being the first team to win a Super Bowl in their home city. And, and she predicted that literally the day that it was granted to the city of Tampa and she's not let you live it down since. Um, so Rams players to look out for player on the hot seat, please.
1: So, I think, I think that um, uh, one to look out for is I think this year will be, um, I'm going to go with Bobby Woods. I think wide receiver. Um, I think that he's now going to find himself in a better situation since um, since Goff's out of the building, um, and I think that that now that he's got a, probably a more reliable quarterback, shall we say? Um, uh, I think you're you're going to see that that uh, Bobby Wood is going to have probably a, a better time of it. Um, you know, last year he, he was just a smidge under um, under a thousand yards receiving, nine hundred thirty six. But the two seasons before that, he had both thousand yard seasons. Um, you know, he's a reliable. Uh, target and i think he's uh i think he could he could be in for in line for a good season i think he's certainly someone that will benefit massively from the uh from the Stafford trade, um, um, so I think I'd, I'd select him, and I, I mean, generally, just their sort of wide receiving room. They'd probably be running, rubbing their hands together, um, with the idea of, of playing with a potentially much more reliable quarterback than, than Goff. I, you know, I, I don't, I'd, I'm very indifferent towards Jared Goff. Like he's, he's okay. He's not amazing, but I think Stafford is an upgrade, and I think the, the, the wide receivers will, will benefit from that. No, fair um,
0: enough. Your hot
1: seat. In terms of the hot seat. Um, it's uh, mm, it's quite a difficult one to pick. You could go it from a couple of angles. Like you could potentially say maybe like Darrell Henderson because of Cam Akers' injury, and there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to to be the anchor in the run game. You know they've brought in Sony Michelle, um, who has left a lot to be desired in in. Um, New England you know a lot of, yeah. another first round failure in New England and you know is he going to revitalize his career in LA who knows is he just going to be a sort of third down guy you know um but I think yeah there could be a bit of pressure on Henderson this year because of Aker's injury and probably not through no fault of Henderson's own I don't think he was probably expecting to be the number one back but here we are um and I would I don't and I would I would sort of preface this but I don't think he's going to get sacked or anything but I would also say perhaps maybe um Sean McVeigh just because again and i don't think he's going to be sacked i'm not suggesting he will be sacked but i think you know they went to the quarterback at, they went to the they went to the super bowl a couple of years ago um and they've just the, the front office is again given him another big talent and given up future picks again to get another big talent in the door in the name of Stafford which they did previously with Ramsey you know they've got a good run of roster they were, they had they had a winning season last year um, and 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 should have probably beat the Packers. They were close to, um, and obviously there was the issue with Goff and his fitness. Was it his thumb? I think was was the issue just before the game, and that you know it didn't people didn't think he was going to play. Um, and so that that roster went to went to a um, uh, went to a divisional game and, and ended up losing to the Packers, and they probably should have won. So, you know, again, I'm not saying he's going to be under pressure but it's similar to the sort of rush situation in seattle like if 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 the rams don't win the nfc west this year surely they've got to be saying well we went out we got you stafford you've already got some big players there you know what else have we got to do for you what else do we need to do before we you can build a team that's good enough to go to the ball game and it sounds weird saying that because they did go to the super bowl not long ago but they were so bad in that
0: super bowl as well yeah it's almost like it didn't count
1: yeah, exactly, and it, I mean one of the worst Super Bowls I've I remember ever watching. Um, but yeah, I think you know it's it, it, it does make you wonder because you know they're uh, again as we just mentioned they you know the, the Stafford question is only a potentially a temporary answer. Are they going to extend him if if he doesn't um, you know if he doesn't play well this year? He's already thirty three. Um, you know you could argue certainly the wrong side of thirty and not getting any younger. Um, and if they do extend him, that's going to take him into his late thirties. Is he a guy like, you know, like Rogers, like Brady, like those types of guys where they can still play into their sort of late thirties? Who knows? Who knows? They could be on the on the lookout for a quarterback again in the near future. So yeah, uh interesting interesting things to play out in 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 Los Angeles, but I'm still pretty high on them. Just because they always have a good defense. They just always do. And I think I I think that they could be the the, net, the best of the rest in terms of outside of probably Tampa and Green Bear in the NFC this season
0: So are you tipping them for the win in the division then on that front?
1: Oh, I don't know. I,
0: I, I mean, I we'll know. obviously if, come if to if, it at the end of the pod. If, but I, I mean, let's save it for the end of the pod. I, yeah, you already if you ask to me again in Ten minutes.
1: It. I might. If you ask me again in ten minutes, I might change my mind again. So I don't know. It's gonna be. It's gonna be so close. I think.
0: Well, uh, yeah. Let's see if any of the other two te- teams changes your mind. And uh, I'm going to come straight back to you as well because, at, you know, before we do all this, we we pick out the teams almost almost from a hat. And because of the fact that we thought that the Rams were number one, we thought we'd do it one after the other. But no, you've got two back-to-back, my friend. Paint us a word picture on the Arizona Cardinals.
1: So, yeah, the the Cardinals are an interesting one, aren't they? Because they've they sort of flattered to Eve a little bit. Like, I, I feel like they should be better than they are. And I think that... Um, you know they've they've obviously they they believe they've answered the quarterback question, and um, they've got some key players around Murray now. You know the the trade for Hopkins um, was obviously a blockbuster, and Arizona definitely won that trade. And obviously DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best receivers in the league, undoubtedly. Um, and also having the likes of AJ Green, Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore around him, like you know they've got a, they've got a really good wide receiver room. So they're they're sort of stacked at that position. Um, you know, they've got a good ground game with Chase Edmonds and just had a James Connor as well. So they've got a good game on the ground and obviously Kyler himself is a, is a, you know, he can extend plays with his legs, just like Russell Wilson does. Um, You know, so they have a good offensive unit and I think they, 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 do certainly have enough to to win games through the air because of that wide receiver threat. You know they could legitimately have three top receivers on the field, um, and and you know they could go to they're not just going to go to one guy all the time, um, and you know the addition on the defense, the addition of JJ Watt was obviously the the big blockbuster addition in the off season, um, he comes in uh, to boost to that um uh, pass rush, uh, with Chandler Jones as well, um, and I think with they you know they've they've obviously got some. They, they picked up Malcolm Butler. You know, they've got uh, Buddha Baker as the free safety as well. Um, I think they're probably hoping for a lot more out of Asiah Simmons after his uh, probably disappointing rookie season. Um, so I think the defense has certainly got, you know, has got better, uh, quite likely, um, and, and, and can certainly uh, improve on last season. But they had a 500 season. They, they went eight and eight. And I think the pressure is on for them to to get better this year they have to reach the playoffs this year i i think yeah. if the cardinals don't reach the playoffs this season there's going to be big changes because there has to be you know they they they're amassing they're in that window with with um kyler murray on his rookie deal he's probably going to be looking for a big extension this season um they're in that window where they have to win now because they can amass talent whilst murray's on his rookie deal um, and they have the team to, you know, and I'm not suggesting they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they certainly have the team to go at least to the playoffs. They should at yeah. least be one of the top seven teams in the NFC. They have to be. Um, and if they don't, you know, I could see some, um, I could see some proverbial triggers being pulled. Um, and I think I'll probably come on to that towards the end. I might have given some things away there, but, you know, they... They, they had some impressive wins last season. You know, that, that overtime win against the Seahawks in week seven was good. Um, they beat the Cowboys. I know that obviously that was after Dak went down. So perhaps that's not so impressive. Um, they opened with a win against the 49ers in week one, which was back when the 49ers didn't have an injury-ravaged team. Um, uh, you know, and, and they beat they. Game. Yeah, they beat the Bills as well. They beat the Bills in week ten, so you know they, I you did. know they weren't any, any pushovers. But then they lost, they lost five of the last seven games, only beating the Giants and the Eagles. Um, and in you know of those of those five losses, four of them were against divisional rivals. They lost to the Seahawks, Patriots, Rams, Niners, and Rams. So they lost um, five, four straight against divisional rivals. Um, so, they, you know, that, that and that, again, that links back to what we were saying. They went two and four in their division and finished eight and eight and missed out on the playoffs. And, and I'm banging that drum again, but you can't lose four times against divisional rivals, certainly not in the NFC West, and expect to make the playoffs. They have to do better than eight and eight this season. And I think they have the roster too. I would I would probably put them around the sort of nine or 10. I, I think they definitely have the roster too, but it, I think a lot of it depends on, on how Kyler plays. And I think you're a bit Uh, you're a bit down on Kyler aren't you?
0: Yeah I seem to be in a minority that thinks that both Kyler Murray and uh, Cliff Kingsbury have rather lower ceilings than most seem to think. I think that everyone really bought into it a year or two ago especially because it looked like after Lamar Jackson hit the scene as a run first quarterback and all the rest of it um, you know Kyler Murray was then seen as someone who could even develop on those traits and become you know a more polished passer but still of that ilk and you know there are there there are things of which show that he can be like that. There, there is that trait there but he's not consistent enough and i feel like he makes stupid decisions quite a lot of the time whether that's just inexperience and just needing to play more games and have more reps and you know on and on, but like you say, the Cardinals are in a win now situation. I mean, their roster is stacked now, and but it's not stacked in the traditional sense where it's like, oh, look at all these stars, it's stacked in a case of oh, bloody hell, that came about all of a sudden. You know, all, all these all, all these little things building up to quite a quite a good roster. I just think that Ky- Kyle is the sort of game where if you're kind of guy that if you're in a close game. He's not gonna drive you down the field and win it. I know that you've got the the Hail Murray, etc., which probably puts it out of the water, but that's one that's one stroke of luck. I find Hail Marys a really poor way of trying to validate a quarterback. If people are still yeah. riding that, you know, you're yeah. you're validating someone being able to throw a football towards a bunch of defenders and the yeah. wide receiver clutches it out the air. So, yeah, I, I, am, I am more down on them, and that's why that they're not in the same echelons as the others to me. I definitely have them as, as the ones at the bottom of this division. That doesn't mean they're a poor team. It just means it's a stacked division.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, And you know, I think, you know, being bottom of the NFC West is perhaps not necessarily as certainly not as bad as being like bottom of like the NFC East, you know. It's yeah. uh, it's a much much tougher division. You look at Murray's season last year, he he believe it or not he went to the Pro Bowl he was such like, as a pro bowler um obviously the only he only went the team only went 8 and 8 but he had a 67.2% completion record just just shy of 4000 yards he was 29 yards shy of 4000 on the season um 20 but the problem is 26 touchdowns with 12 interceptions it's almost 50% like that's a lot when when you consider that was it Aaron Rodgers that threw for was it 48 and 5 I think yeah. it was. Now, I, obviously, I know that's the gold standard. You know, that's the that's the best of the best. But forty eight and five compared to twenty six and and twelve, like that's who he's up against. Unfortunately, that's who he's up against. If you if if the Cardinals want to go all the way and they want to go to the ball game and they want to get to the NFC. Uh, conference game, uh, the NFC Championship, they're probably going to be up against the likes of a Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady, you know, yeah. more than likely. And they're going to have to go up against that. And can they rely on Kyler Murray to be the guy that leads them over that hill? Um, and, uh, you know, I, I I, think he was he's certainly a better He's an upgrade on, you know, I think they went through a, a few seasons of not really knowing what to do at quarterback. And you're certainly an upgrade on that. And obviously he has that ability to, to extend plays with his feet and that is valuable. But does he have the ability to do it in the air, especially when he's got that receiving core around him? You know, like Deandre Hopkins is one of the best receivers in the league. Hands down. He's so good at catching the ball and he pulls out some incredible catches, but is Kyler Murray, the guy that's going to put him in the position to do that? Um, and I think their defense, to touch on the defense, is going to keep them in games. I think their defense is going to keep things um, keep things close. You know that pass rush is is frightening. Um, you know if JJ Watt can stay healthy, I know that has been a big issue of his lately. Lately, but if he can stay healthy, I think they've got a really good pass rush there. Um, and there's going to be a lot of pressure on Murray's shoulders. Um, and I agree. I, I don't know if he's got the 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 sort of ability to elevate the Cardinals to where they need to be. Um. Um. So yeah,
0: yeah. I feel like the roster, the roster elevates Murray rather than Murray elevates the roster.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And there are certainly some circumstances, you know, like you'd you'd look at probably Seattle and say that Russ elevates the roster, whereas yeah. if you look at Arizona, the roster elevates Murray, and that's you know that's a, sort of a really good point actually. That I would be, you know, if if they can't win with him and they go another season, let's just say hypothetically they don't reach the playoffs this year, you have to be asking questions because the difficult thing with with the Cardinals and the problem they're going to be in now is that now you're in a situation where he's looking to get paid soon because he's now done two years in the league. He's yeah. in, was he in the same class as um, Baker? No, he
0: was in the next year. He next was year, the okay. number one pick the following year.
1: That's right. Correct. Yeah. So he's going to be looking to get to seal his contract, if not this year, maybe early next. Um, If they don't get in the playoffs with him again, are you prepared as the Cardinals to pay him the going rate of $38 million a year plus to seal him as your starter for the next four years when he's probably not worth that money? You look at the likes of, you know, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, you know, guys like that that are now out. Of buildings that they only joined five years ago, and they're now no longer the starting quarterbacks. And those teams have taken cap hits of like $27 million for the Rams, and the Eagles have taken like a $33 million dead cap hit this season to get rid of them. Do the Cardinals want to lock themselves into that with a guy who may or may not be the answer? You know, and that must be such a difficult question to have to answer when you've got a guy that you're still not sure. And I think so much hangs on this season to see what they do. And if they blow it away and they end up, you know, 12 and five and they, they, you know, amass all of our expectations and more then great. You know, they probably have got their answer and they probably will lock him up. But, you know, if he, if he has like a sort of, um, a Josh Allen season, yeah, they're definitely going to pay him. Absolutely. But I think it's more likely that he has another nine and eight or eight and nine season. And they are no further along knowing what the answer at quarterback is than they were this season or last.
0: Yeah. And I feel like it's it's of it's it, it's almost of no fault of the Cardinals either. I think that now, now, if if that does happen, and I do predict that, I predict the five hundred season for the Cardinals, just a spoiler for later. But it's because of a number of things, such as their schedule, their division, the fact that I don't think that Kyler's going to convert the close ones, and the fact that Cliff Kingsbury seems like a one-trick pony as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, if yeah. you look if you look down their their schedule just quickly for this season, they start at Tennessee, tough game. Minnesota, say what you will about the Minnesota, that's a tough tough game. Jacksonville's obviously probably a, a win away. At Los Angeles Rams again divisional game, going to be really difficult. Another divisional game against San Francisco at Cleveland, that's a tough game uh, versus Houston, they probably pick up a win there. Uh, versus Green Bay, you know potentially a, a, a an opponent later on in the postseason if they want to get there, really tough game. They come back with a divisional game against San Francisco. Um, Carolina in the middle of another divisional game against Seattle. Then they hit their bye week, week 12. They've got quite a late bye week this year, and they and come that's back. Quite a lot. That, that,
0: that's quite a lot in those first 11 games. That's yeah, that's a lot of business exactly. all a in a really.
1: Really tough teams in there. Absolutely, really tough teams. Um, And by their bye week, they've still got to play the Rams and Seattle after that uh, in terms of um, divisional games. And they get Chicago, Detroit, Indy and Dallas. So you look at those and in terms of if they go two and four again in their division, let's just assume they do. Like, where are they going to pick up the other seven wins to go nine and eight? I don't know, and even if they do go nine and eight, if they've gone two and four in the division, it's not you would enough. probably assume that someone in their division is going to have a better head-to-head record than they are. Um, you know, they win. They probably win against Jacksonville. They probably will against Houston. They probably win against Carolina, Dallas, and probably Detroit. They're probably the five games I'd give them. Then maybe two-divisional, maybe three-divisional. So maybe they, have, they are going to have enough when you look at it like that. But you know, it's not as simple as that. It's not as simple as saying that they're going to win all of these games because they will slip up somewhere. It always happens yeah. in the NFL.
0: Yeah, everyone um, has a mulligan. I've already predicted yeah. the one for the Browns. You've probably already predicted <laughs> yours with the Eagles. Everyone has their mulligan, and it's going to be against a stupid team, and it's going to be that Sunday where you feel like throwing stuff against a wall. I reckon yeah. Arizona has one or two. But yeah. yeah, I tell you what, let's uh, let's spin it on. Give, are we putting Kyler Murray on the hot seat, or are you giving it to somebody else? And then who are we no. looking out for?
1: So look, we'll go for look out for first. Um, and you know, obviously JJ Watt's an obvious one. I'm not going to say JJ Watt because he's obvious. I'm also not going to say Chandler Jones because he is paid an absolute fortune, and you'd expect the return on the uh, on the numbers that he should be giving you. Um, but I would say. Um, I would say maybe AJ Green. I know they picked him up on a cheap deal out of out of um, Cincinnati, um, but from what I've read in in sort of circles around Arizona apparently he's had a really good camp and he looks like he's sort of unlocked again and obviously AJ Green's had his injury problems and you know for years in Cincinnati he was a great receiver you know he was he was a really really good receiver and he's obviously had some injury problems and, and again I think he's a guy that's going to benefit from just getting out of that building fresh start you know fresh room fresh scheme fresh coach uh, and I think he could be in for for a good year so I've, I've got I've realized that. I've got a bit of a loving with wide receivers it seems I always seem to pick wide receivers Um, Yeah, but AJ Green's
0: a great, great chap though. I mean, AJ Green was always someone that I used to look on with a bit of, with a bit of almost a jealousy from from the (laughs) Bengals side where it's like, oh yeah, he's been around seemingly forever, but he always pulls out the goods
1: yeah and he's got you know it's he's, he's only a one-year contract i think it was one year six million dollars contract so it's you know they're getting in a really cheap deal and if he comes in and he's that veteran that, that picks up some you know some crucial yards and crucial downs on in in tough situations he could be the type of player that will you know that that murray will go to and, and go give him that confidence but i wonder how much he's going to get the ball with hopkins and kirk around him as well so sure. be interesting to watch um in terms of on the hot seat, I don't think you can give it to anyone other than this person, and I think it has to be Cliff Kingsbury. It
0: has yeah. to be. Okay, I, because, I can accept that.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to go coach because a lot of people will, t- you know, are now starting to believe that Cliff Kingsbury is is sort of um, uh, is not the guy for the job, and is has a roster far above and beyond his expertise and his abilities. Um, you know, I'm still I'm not prepared to write him off just yet. Um, I think he's still in a good offensive mind, um, but I think he is very much on the hot seat. I said at the start of the of the uh, cardinal section that if they don't reach the playoffs this year, I think they'll pull some proverbial triggers. I think his is the one. I think if they don't reach the offseason this year, he has to go. They have to be looking to upgrade a head coach because I don't, you know, you we just talked about Kyler Murray and whether or not he can elevate them to the off season and elevate them to win games. That roster is good. They've got some really good players stacked around that field. If Cliff Cliff Kingsbury can't get the best out of them, I know he's in a tough division. And I understand that the the NFC West is going to be difficult to win, but they have to make the playoffs. They have to. Um, And they, 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 draw a lot of comparisons with um, uh, with the Dolphins in a sense because the Dolphins just missed out on the playoffs last season and I think it's going to be similar to the to the Cardinals this year again. Like they just missed out last year. And obviously the Dolphins are in a very different transitional era to the Cardinals. I'm not suggesting the Dolphins are going to sack their head coach if they don't win the playoffs, <laughs> but they're in that similar boat that like they just just missed out. And had they have won one more game, they probably would have got in. So it's a similar yeah. situation with with Arizona. And I think uh seats are gonna start getting very warm if they get to that week twelve bye and they are you know, if they're something like five and six or four and seven. Get to week 12 by things are going to get a bit uh a bit nervous in in arizona i think
0: yes and uh, the seats are not only warm because of that but because it's also in the middle of the desert as well which it's always helps a
1: lot <laughs> yeah
0: yeah um okay so uh we will now move on to the somehow i have n- no idea how on earth these ended up last in the division last year the san francisco 49ers at six and ten. Now the year before, let's not let's not forget my 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 review of the previous year is going to actually be incredibly um, swift because I don't believe in last year's San Francisco season. I class that as null and void. Um, so there were thirteen and three in the twenty nineteen season somehow lost to Kansas City in the Super Bowl. I, it, was, it was there for the taking, and they just seemed to miss right at the death. Um, but here's the thing. Do you know how many combined games, in terms of like players losing games to injury, do you know how many combined games San Francisco lost over the course oh, of last season?
1: It, it was astonishing. It was astonishing.
0: Yeah, hundred and sixty-one point six games. That's that's absurd. That is that is every player on the fifty-two man roster missing three games. You know, that's a lot. That's insane.
1: I I've got an article here that that breaks down um, their injuries from last season, and they had in week I think it was uh, thirteen, they had. 80 million dollars worth of contracts on IR That's so going true. into the game against the Packers, including uh Garoppolo, uh, Richard Sherman, Solomon Thomas, who did his ACL, Nick Bors, who also did his ACL, D Ford, George Kittle, Raheem Mostert, uh, Ben Garland, and some uh, and other players as well, Jordan Reed, Ezekiel Answer, Jalen Hurd, Jeff Wilson. Like they had so many players on in- injured reserve, and The story of last season, as you rightly said, was just injuries, 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 injuries.
0: Yeah, which is why I don't believe in it. I don't believe in their record last year. In fact, actually, I thought that it was incredible that, uh, you you know, that they they beat the Rams twice and uh, beat, beat the Cardinals, and they also ran the Seahawks close. You know, that from a team that had zero luck last year. I thought, fair play. That shows that there's still a great team in there. I don't think that much has changed in terms of the ins and outs. So I'm going to go back to nothing has changed from their 13-3 and free season, apart from the biggest question, obviously, which blows all of this up, but maybe not, of which is the fact that they've just put Trey Lance in the building after trading up for him at uh, number three, of which... Yes, throws everything into um, into contention. But if they start with Jimmy G, I won't be mad. If they continue with Trey Lance, they, you know, um, Shanahan must feel like he is the best man for the job and elevates the team. And if you are elevating a thirteen and three side, because that's what they actually are on paper, in my thoughts, you know, then uh, you know who am I to say anything.
1: Yeah, I, and and I think the 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 pickup is obviously you know got a lot of people talking and obviously the question is still not answered about um about who's going to start week 1 for the 49ers. But I think, regardless of who does start, they needed some kind of insurance for Garoppolo's injury history. Yeah, they needed it, and obviously, like he—he's obviously tore his ACL before. He spent most of last season on IR, as we've just discussed. They needed a backup. They needed some kind of some kind of option to go to when he's inevitably going to get injured again because he will. You know, he unfortunately he will. Um, and I think he's—it's—it's it's good that they brought someone in and they he can start learning. And I, you know. Obviously, Trey Lance—he's a rookie. There's a lot to be seen. I, I, I like what I saw, and I think he'll fit that scheme. He's—he's he's a guy that will, he's, he looks like a sort of a almost a, a running t- style quarterback. I'm not sort of penciling him into that sort of camp straight away, but he can certainly make plays with his feet. Um, and you know, you look at um, Jimmy G. Last season, he missed ten games. The season before, when they went thirteen three, he played all sixteen. Season before that, he only started three. Season before that, he only started six. So you know, it's he's obviously had injury history and has got problems with it, and he's also turns he turns thirty this year as well. You know, so he's he's uh, on the brink of thirty. So they're gonna uh, move on from him sooner or later. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays again this season and he's the start of this season, but I think they move on from him uh, sooner rather than later. But I think what does go under the radar under the radar away from the quarterback conversation is if, and this is a big if. A lot of players can come back from injury successfully. This roster is stacked.
0: It really is. And people seem to have forgotten it because of the record last year. There are so many people not giving San Francisco the props that they deserve. Um, You know, like like I said earlier in the review, and I am sorry, 49ers fans, if you were looking for a more in-depth... more in-depth preview but you know be be happy in the sense that you've got two people here that seem to think that actually just just rewind the 2020 preview and listen to that one because that's what it actually should be you know yeah. you, you should you should go from where you left off against kansas city in february of 2020
1: I think potentially one thing that you could possibly pick up. I think their defense is stacked. Like that front line, the four they play a four three. That front line of Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, DJ Jones, and Nick Bosa with D Ford as well. Is that is a, that is an astonishing amount of power there, um, and they're gonna they're gonna create a lot of offensive lines headaches. Uh, across that line, they've obviously got Fred, Warder, Fred Warner as a linebacker as well, um, you know, so they've got some, some good players uh, in, in the front seven, if you in, if you include them all but I think where their issues come, if we were to sort of pour some water on the uh, on the 49ers hype train, is I don't know how good their wide receivers are, and again, here we are, we're talking about wide receivers again, I don't know how I've managed to turn it on to wide receivers again but like, you know, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk and Mohamed Sanu, like Ayuk's obviously had a, has a pretty good rookie season. He looks to step on from there. Debo Samuel, you know, he's certainly not the number one guy like a DK Metcalf or a, or a DeAndre Hopkins around the league. And then Mohamed Sanu, they traded a two for him from the mm-hmm. Patriots, I think it was. Um, and, you know, he's, he's probably a pretty solid receiver, but I don't think he's, you know, he's not tearing up any trees. So I think if you were going to find a, a weakness somewhere, especially when you've got an, either a new quarterback or, or a quarterback that might be a bit nervous about getting injured again, and they're going to need to go to their receivers quick and get the ball out quick, are they going to be reliable? And again, I'm sort of playing devil's advocate here.
0: Absolutely. And let me play devil's advocate right back. You've got the the one offensive mind that can turn a average or slightly above average wide receiver into a, into a King piece. And that's Kyle Shanahan. No, it's, because it's, it's not so much about the talent you've got as it is about the play calling and Shanahan is a wizard, you yeah. know, say, say, say what you want. He will be able to scheme up something that's going to have defensive coordinators spinning for for entire games, and yeah. I actually really like Debo Samuel and uh, Ayuk. I, you know, yeah. they're they're two that I take predominantly as second or third wide receivers in fantasy leagues. In fact, I just yeah. did it ten minutes ago whilst we were talking <laughs> on this podcast. I, t- I took Ayuk again. I think yeah. he's in my fourth fantasy team in a row. But um, yeah. So my point there is, absolutely, it's a weakness on paper, but the Shanahan effect sort of takes that away, and I think that's why you're able to pay so many people on defense as well. Yeah. And in fact, I'll spin this back around. So you were talking about Nick Bosa and Fred Warner. Those are my two for the to watching on the hot seat. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So Nick post Nick Bosa, I think, is going to have an insane season. You know, mm. he he wasn't able to. He wasn't able to do what he wanted to do. Obviously, last season, he's one of those D linemen that I think should be in the same conversation as, you know, Donald Garrett, um, T.J. Watt, J.J. Watt. You know, I think that he's in that bubble if yeah. he can if he can get back to the way that he was before he got injured. You know, I think that he is in that conversation. So I think that if uh, you get that impact, he's going to be the most impactful player for the 49ers. Mm. And uh, Fred Warner, great player, but he's on a contract year. You know, he mm. is the main guy that you know, I, I, I read the guides for the for the hot seat stuff. I tried to see as to what the story is behind the story. He's the main guy that will be looking to get paid next year. Yeah. Um, now the 49ers are going to end up running out of money at some point, I imagine. You know, they yeah. are—they're paying quite a few guys. Um, the bubble has already been in play for a couple of years. Uh, they're probably going to want to pay a wide receiver at some point. They're probably going to want, you know, a bit more talent on the offensive side of the ball. So, does Fred Warner become—you um, know—does he become a luxury that one can ill afford as the bubble starts? tightening up
1: and it just it also as well though you you, it does make that pickup of Trey Lance even more interesting because um Jimmy G's cap number for this season is 26.4 million dollars um for 2020 uh but they can get out of it after um after this season with a 1.4 million dollar dead money if they cut him so um you know, uh, Jimmy G certainly not in the lock to be on this team next season if Trey Lance comes in and if Trey Lance plays well. So they could free, fill them, uh, free themselves up a, a fair bit of cash there and go into that process that Arizona's currently in with a with a rookie quarterback where they can pay people because their quarterback's on such a low rookie deal. Um, so a lot is going to hinge on what happens with. Uh, Trey Lance and how yeah. he impacts things, and we haven't even mentioned uh, George Kittle yet. You know, no, and, we haven't. And 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 a lot of uh, the 49ers, like as, you know, as we said, like you know, I, personally, I don't think their wide receivers are you know uh, pulling up any trees anytime soon. But they are going to get open one because of Shanahan's uh, influence, like you said, he's a he's an excellent play caller. But two, because Kittle's going to draw so much attention. Because Kittle's such a ball magnet and and will will is is insane in the air in contested catches, he will draw double teams. He will draw the probably the, the top cornerback on most teams, which will leave them to take advantage of of perhaps cornerback two and cornerback three, which is where they will get their yards. So yeah, and then again, Kittle spent a lot of time on IR last season as well. So it, so much of this San Francisco season is going to depend upon if. If like, you know, I, I, I also am high on Nick Bosa. I think he's a great player, but he tore his ACL and that can be such a difficult injury to come back from. Um, so it's going to really depend on how he does there. And and if even one or two of those guys go down again, you know, that could represent a real problem for, for the 49ers and it could blow their whole season up
0: yeah the the 49ers would have been a team I'd have really liked to have seen on hard knocks this year i think that uh, i think the energy around that place must be just another level at the moment yeah
1: and just like the rams as well they've been to a super bowl recently that's what makes this division so intriguing is that the the Seahawks won a Super Bowl not too long ago. It was, what was it? 2013, I think it was. So the Seahawks won a Super Bowl not too long ago and then also went to one and lost to, to the Patriots. The Rams went to a Super Bowl in 2018 and lost. The 49ers went to a Super Bowl in 2019 and lost. So there is a lot of Super Bowl experience in this division and a lot of coaches uh, that have had experience and players have had experience in the ball game itself which again probably heaps the pressure on Arizona as well, because they're going up against it against three Titans that have been there. And, and, you know, they haven't quite done it, but they've been to the ballgame. And even just getting to the Super Bowl is, is enough of an achievement in itself.
0: Absolutely. So I tell you what, as you've uh, nicely brought us onto it, I might as well throw us into it. Give me your, you've had, you've had your half hour or so now to think about it. Where do you put each of the teams? in the NFC West, who makes it to the playoffs? Do they all make it to the playoffs?
1: I don't think they all do. I think I think there's two flip-flops here. I think the Rams I I, I think the Rams win the division. Okay. I don't think it's by much, but I think they win the division. And I think they perhaps scored twelve, maybe twelve and five around that sort of level. Um, I think Stafford's going to be a better plug-in and play option than Goff was. And I think he's going to elevate them. And I think their defense is going to win them games. Um, I think just behind them will be Seattle. And I don't think it'll be far. I think Seattle will be about 10-11-ish, somewhere around there. I think there's so much hinging on San Francisco's uh, health and whether or not they can stay healthy. And if Jimmy G goes down and Trey Lance is not it, then, you know, not only are they in the hole for three first round picks for the next three years, but also they've not got the answer at quarterback. So um, you know, that's good that's, there's so many questions around that. But I think on paper, if we if we assume that their players are going to be healthy and that they've they go back into the season with a full bill of health, a clean bill of health, I agree with you that roster is stacked, and I think they definitely have enough to have a positive record, and they could potentially even leapfrog Seattle and be around that sort of ten, eleven win mark. Um, but there's such a big asterisk on that because of the health. And I know health affects every team, and you know Russell, Winston, Russell Wilson could get injured week one. You know we ne- we don't know, but if we just assume that, I think them two are going to be there and thereabouts. And I I can't, I I think I side with you, and I just can't see Arizona getting above five hundred. I just I don't think someone
0: else that sees sense.
1: I don't That's think McMahon. Murray is enough to get them there. I and but more so, I don't think Kingsbury is. I think they finish maybe eight and nine, maybe seven and ten, maybe. Um and I think Kingsbury Kingsbury gets the chop at the end of the season. Um I just don't quite think they're on the on enough of an upward trajectory, and I think that the quarterback position is 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 just he's not good enough to lead them to the NFC West. Um, so I think, I think the Rams win the division and I think wildcard spots for both Seattle and San Francisco.
0: Okay. Well, it looks like we are very closely aligned. I think I'm going to enjoy podding with you for the year because uh, we have, I think, gotten more and more aligned as the weeks have gone on. <laughs> I don't uh, know if that's I, a
1: good thing or not.
0: <laughs> it might be boring for the listeners, but Hey, it's good for me on a Monday night recording this. Yeah. Um, so, I actually have San Francisco winning it. Okay. Uh, I, that's going to probably be a bit of a shock to general consensus, but there is actually one thing of which stands above all. They have by far the easiest schedule in the division because mm-hmm. of the fact that they finish bottom. And I yes, think that, that will true. help, you know, if, if you're looking for, you know, as you said, San Francisco Rams and Seattle could all be in a bubble of around 11 wins. Yeah. If you're telling me that they've got three easier games, you know, three, in fact, four easier games because of the AFC 17th game as well. So they've got four easier games than the others simply based on ranking, you know, I mean, that will if, help.
1: If you very, very quickly run through their opponents this year, you've probably got six or seven teams that you would say are going to be sort of sub-500 teams. So they, they open with Detroit, that's probably yeah. you could win. They could win there that. They, yeah. they then go to Philadelphia. Again, they could likely win that. Um, the Green Bay, Seattle will miss those out. Arizona, probably another tough game. Then they, they've got actually got a tough stretch after their buy. They play Indianapolis, Chicago, Arizona, Rams. But then they play Jacksonville. You know, they could quite easily win that. Um, the Vikings, they've probably got enough to beat the Vikings. Um, Seattle, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, you know, they should should win that. Atlanta. They should win yeah. that. Um, they play Tennessee, tough game. Houston, banker, and then yeah. they finish at LA. That game at LA, week 18, could be could be huge for San Francisco. But you look at those games we just pointed out, that's probably, you know, and again, we've talked about, you know, there's always a... a, a a slip-up somewhere. But if you, if they win all of those games and then they go, you know, maybe three and three in the divisionals and they pick up another win against the likes of, say, Indianapolis or Chicago or or even like Green Bay, they could quite easily be in the 11 or 12. And yeah, I yeah, I agree. And I, and it would not surprise me. I think it's going to be those three. And I think those three teams will make the playoffs. But it wouldn't surprise me if the orders are sort of flipped about. Oh, and,
0: absolutely. And yes. San
1: Francisco or Seattle yes. wins the division.
0: Yeah, so I've got San Francisco winning it at 12. I've got the Rams at 11.5, so that's 12 or 11 um, wins Um, because I I do this from a betting standpoint. I I look to see as to – I've done simulations since the start of the year and I've just averaged them all out. The Rams are at 11.5, Seattle at 11. So as you can see, it's all within a game between those three. And then I've got Arizona at eight. They've been a hard eight all year. I just have no faith. Um, yeah. And I think I've brought you into my, uh, I, I think I brought you into my devil's advocacy of the Arizona Cardinals um, because I try and do it with every NFL group I touch and, um, but uh, yeah, it. I, I think that we've got a. Uh, I think that we've got quite a consensus upon that. Um, anything else you want to bring up before I wrap it all?
1: I think this is the most fascinating division in football. Oh, it, it has been for a number of years, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out because, you know, I, I've just predicted there that the Rams will win it. Seattle second hours. Uh, San Francisco third. You know, if if injuries plague San Francisco again, they could easily finish in the basement. If Kyler has a better season than we all think, they could they. Could could be challenging like the you point. know if stafford doesn't work out in la they could be you know sub 500 i don't expect it but they could you know it's there's so many intriguing questions there and then you know do, are one of the teams there potentially good enough to challenge for the for the number one seed you know the number one seed last year was won by green bear when they went 13 and 3 seattle went 12 and 4 so did new orleans like if if you could say it this year i think in the nfc the the number one seed probably be about 13 again about 13 and four probably would get you the number one seed. Can yeah. any one of those three teams win 13 games?
0: I think the division makes it tough. Yeah. I think, I think you have to go balls out in the division to make that yeah. happen. Yeah. You treat them as six pointers. You put everything on the line. You put your yep. injured guys back in and just hope that they bust a the gut. Yeah you know yes i will clean your spleen on the field afterwards but get us
1: that win so you could all again you could see another situation where you're faced with a home birth team like so let's say the rams win the division playing the 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 wild card game against a divisional rival again you know because the west is so strong so you could see like a san francisco at la divisional wild card sorry wild card round because you know they've they've um Depending on records and such, so yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to watch this division play out. Really interesting.
0: Fantastic, um, and yeah, fully agreed. Um, that is one thing of which we have we can say with full confidence today is that we agree on quite a bit on that. But if you disagree with us, please do let us know on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever you're, uh, wherever you feel like to uh, voice your displeasure. Because trust me, we actually quite like it because we will argue against you and we will win. Um, Just a couple of extra points. Uh, We will be back later in the week with the last of our preview pods. Finally, the last of our preview pods. This preseason has felt like it's taken forever. Um, but with the AFC West, last but certainly not least, especially in our hut. Um, also, quite a lot of what we've spoken about today can be found in our sparkly new 2021 preseason. I mean, sorry, preseason guides. Imagine that, just a guide just on the preseason. That would be terrible. No, uh, 2020, 2021 season preview guides. Um, we have three left for sale with the printed versions they're at $19.99 on our shop or if you prefer the digital version they are available for $3.99 if you use the code YARDS that's a -A Y-A-R-D-S the plural YARDS go to our shop get one of those before the season starts trust me you will not regret it it is incredibly in-depth you'll be the envy of all your friends and if you go for the printed version I promise you it is quite a stunning document to look at
1: i have got one on my coffee table and it's lovely and a couple of friends have already commented on it on how nice it looks so yeah definitely get yourself one because they're really really nice and some great great content on there was it 420 pages of, of great content all from from uh from the full 10 yards guys so yeah really really good uh, good piece of work there from everyone
0: Yeah, we we really decided that if we were going to go silent on you guys, we'd at least come out with a great book. So uh, please, please do that. And all the money of which we generate from it goes back into uh, UK projects for American football, Britball teams, getting uh, new referees qualified, new coaches qualified and onto courses. It really is for a great cause. So, uh, and you also get to boost your knowledge of the teams of the NFL. That is it for us this time round. Thank you very much for listening. It is quite a long one, this one actually, Steve. We said to ourselves we try and uh, keep this to an hour and a quarter but the NFC West deserved it, didn't it? It deserved that extra little push
1: it did it did certainly a worthy division so uh, thank you for listening if you've got all this way uh, um and thank you for listening to us rabble on about uh, whether or not uh kyla murray is good enough to play as the arizona starting quarterback
0: yes a hill i am willing to die on but please don't shoot me <laughs> that's it thank you very much guys see you later in the week for the afc west thanks for listening to the podcast don't forget to find us on all our social channels Twitter, Instagram,
1: Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Head over to our website, full10yards.com, where you can find out
0: more information about why we are. Hashtag for the game.